This week's episode of Legends of Gotham is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Gotham. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that link is audibletrial.com slash Gotham. Sit down. Come here. Thank you, sir. A great honor indeed. <laughs> What's your name again? Everyone here calls me Penguin, sir. You don't like that name, huh? Yeah, well, you're wrong. It's a good name. It works for you. There you are, you rat snitch, you gorgeous turncoat. It's lunchtime. Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit series, Gotham. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. Take the thing down. Take what thing down? The Legends of Gotham thing. Oh, okay. Okay. I like to be able to, people to see when I'm going, Mm. why do you make fun of me? I wasn't making fun of you. I was more just doing uh, my, my, my authentic Italian accent because yeah, everyone knows I'm Italian. Yeah, so Italian. <laughs> but it, we, we have a lot to talk about this week. We I, do, we very do. very uh, strong episode, I thought. But uh, actually, uh, we should uh, probably introduce – we have, have a guest for the first time this week. Woo! I uh, hope Molinex, who uh, uh, came to us, uh, she was a listener on our Greetings from Storybrook, our Once Upon a Time podcast. Yes. And uh, Anne Marie originally wasn't going to be here I tonight. Was not. So we, ske- plans. we scheduled for Hope to come in and sub, and we figured since she already had the night off, might as well go ahead and have her come up and appear on the Gotham show, too. How are you doing tonight, Hope? I'm doing really good. I'm actually very excited to be here, and I'm surprised you asked me. <laughs> uh, don't, don't be surprised, because you're more of a Marvel fan, right, than a DC? I am, and actually, um, at the time that you asked me, I, I was really, you know, I grew up with DC, and uh, but lately I've been very much a Marvel girl. I never got into the new 52, um, which mm-hmm. is kind of bad now, because I just got hired to work at a comic book store, so I'm now <laughs> just like, oh crap, learn everything about the new 52 in two months. Yeah. Um, so I've been like crash coursing it. But I, I wanted to watch Gotham anyway. I was really interested in the show, and I've always loved Batman. But mm-hmm. I missed the first episode, and I'm one of those people, if I don't watch the first episode, I won't watch a show. Uh-huh. And so when you asked me, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Let's marathon Gotham all day Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, if, if anyone out there from Fox is listening, we're actively making people watch the entire series. Yes, okay. uh, I really wanted to watch the show. I just, I it was on my DVR, and I, I work, I work three jobs, so I just hadn't mm-hmm. gotten to it yet. But I had all the episodes on my DVR, so. But oh, you marathoned it, and it's all fresh. So we'll we'll get a good idea of your your thoughts about the entire series here a little bit later in the episode. But uh, Anne Marie, why don't you uh, start us off with uh, some rhyming riddles uh, going over the uh, the episode plot? The, the episode, roughly. the plot, the thing. Okay. Question mark. <clears throat> How many men to lift a machine? It only takes one if the good stuff is green. What will Jim Gordon come to regret? Leaving the penguin alive but wet. Is Wellsine corrupt? Bruce Wayne's on the case. Will Al burn piles of files in his face? Will the medical oddities of I don't know how to pronounce it make Nigma hyper? Yeah, make Nigma hyper. Of like course, e- Edward Nigma. Yes, I, I get it. I just can't pronounce it. <laughs> um, it happens this week's episode. Viper. Sorry, Viper. I screwed up the good up the line. Oh, it's fine. It, Would you like do, to read do, it properly? Do it no. again for. Okay, I'll do it. Uh, just do it. one time. I'll give you a line reading. Okay. Will the medical oddities make Nigma hyper? 
Of course. It happens in this week's episode, Viper. Yeah, you did better than I could have even attempted. Well, I did write it, so I probably you have did a write slight it. advantage. Okay, uh, Anne-Marie, overall, what did you think of this week's episode? I liked it. You liked it? I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I feel like we just keep going and going and going, and there's lots of development. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really liking the way that um, Bullock and Gordon, their relationship. Yeah. Because it seems like... Bullock's kind of trusting him a little more. Mm-hmm. He's buying him lunch as opposed to dropping his coffee a block away <laughs> now or saying he did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, there's progress. Oh, definitely. Made. So I'm, I'm excited. Things are in motion. Uh, so Hope, what did you think of the episode overall? Um, This actually, this wasn't my favorite. Um, I actually mm-hmm. liked the last two episodes a lot more. Um, But I could see that they're laying down a lot of groundwork and – I think they're going to definitely have a really strong sophomore season. But <laughs> as I'll get into my later point that, you know, we chatted about, um, I this wasn't my favorite overall. But I, I, I liked the last couple weeks more. But um, it's, it's just because it didn't have – it wasn't really focused on my favorite characters. So I found it mm. kind of slow and predictable. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, uh, you know, I, I think we did get accused of being a little rah-rah in one of our reviews this we week. Did. So probably good to have a dissenting opinion because we've just been loving the show We're so much. We're just like, it's fabulous. Thank you. I have to say about it. But uh, yes. one, to go ahead and start off the discussion, one of the things that I, I thought was most important in this episode mm-hmm. was Warehouse 39. Yes. Uh, now, it's uh, – oh, what was the guy's name? Stan? I think oh, uh, the the main villain, the Van Gogh guy, the guy without the ear. The Van Gogh guy. Uh, it's the place where uh, he pointed uh, Gordon and Bullock mm-hmm. after, right before he jumped off the roof towards the end of the episode. Uh, and it, now, basically, this is uh, a, a warehouse owned by Wellsine or Wellsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wellsine. Wellsine, mm-hmm. uh, which is the division of Wang Corp that developed uh, the titular uh, Viper serum. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I'm thinking is this warehouse, since he was like, go to Warehouse 39, that's where all your answers are. I'm thinking this is going to be Wellsine's metahuman wing. Mm -hmm. This is where we're going to get some more of these uh, supernatural-powered Batman villains, like your Poison Ivy, your Killer Croc, or, you know, people with just augmented strength or augmented abilities. I think this Warehouse 39 that they got sent to that was cleared out by the time they got there. Of course it was. It's going to be the birthplace of a lot of those types of villains. Because, I mean, Batman, he's a street-level character. He's realistic. But he also has a lot of fantastical mm-hmm. villains and villains that have, you know, supernatural or otherworldly abilities sometimes even. And I, I think uh, this is definitely going to be... a a source for those. Mm-hmm. And I also think uh, that Miss Mathis, uh, the person who, who uh, is part of the board and like deals with well, she's not the board. She's middle management, middle she's management, part of the board, so. but she's keeping an eye on this warehouse 39. And I think she might uh, have a connection to someone we heard mentioned back in episode two, actually mm-hmm. yes. back in Selena Kyle, the doll maker, uh, because uh, her name's obviously Miss Mathis. I'm not sure if they gave her first name or not. I don't think so. But uh, you remember we were they mentioned the doll maker. That's where they were sending all the uh, children mm-hmm. in episode two. And uh, we were speculating on that. And uh, the, the new 52 version of the doll maker was named Barton Ma- Mathis. And <laughs> the interesting Sorry. thing about Barton Mathis is that part of his origin is his father was shot down in front of him by Jim Gordon. Mm. in the new 52 so i'm wondering is there going to be a connection is it did that event already happen or will it happen or is it going to be his mom that gets shot down in front of him instead but then again it seems like the doll maker's already in operation 
So maybe they're working. Together. I don't know. Maybe maybe since Jim Gordon has the war background, maybe maybe it was like some sort a of war, war thing where like they were, they were in the soldiers. same platoon or something. Interesting. To, but yeah, I I think there's definitely a connection there. In this warehouse, thirty nine is going to end up being a very big part. Yeah. Of what's to come in Gotham. I, I any thoughts on that? Hope before we move on. Oh no! It was pretty much what you <laughs> said when I saw the green like swirling thing. The very first thing I thought mm-hmm. was Bane, and <laughs> as, as campy as it was, I love the Batman and Robin with like poison ivy. Like it's so bad, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's exactly what I thought of was like the whole tubes and with Bane, and I, I would like to see Bane. I think that'd be a really fun version, and I, I do think that's how poison ivy is gonna come about when she's probably maybe like season three or something. She, I think she's a little young now, mm-hmm. but I think they would build into poison ivy. I don't think they'll take this like little nine year old and make her crazy. I disagree. Well, I, I could definitely see an episode where, uh, like, like it's a series of escalating conflicts with her. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe she she's trying to kill her foster parents, and they come up, come and they save her. Then the next time she's, I don't know, committing an actual crime, and you know, kind of escalating up to the point where she is more of a super villain. Uh, I, but- I think it's just other villains are so prominent right now. Like yeah. you guys talked about in an earlier episode that this season is all going to be Penguin. Next season is probably going to be something else. Since mm-hmm. she's the probably the youngest of all the villains, I can see them holding her off because of her age until mm-hmm. a couple of seasons down the road and focusing on these other ones that are already prime and ready to move plot wise. Right. right. Like I don't see them focusing more than like even maybe one episode just to give some backstory because that's what this <laughs> whole series is is backstory which mm-hmm. i appreciate because i know nothing <laughs> yeah um, i'm just like police drama yay um <laughs> but i i think we're gonna get snippets of her soon mm-hmm. um i've her twitter and the such has been a little bit more active yeah lately. she followed us on twitter she did this follow week, us so. on twitter so ah, congratulations Hello. oh yeah <laughs> so um i i feel this was one of my criticisms i think it was last week is that we're not getting those littler characters even just in like a crowd scene you mm-hmm. know hey walking to school something so i think they're coming maybe not necessarily a full-blown villain mm-hmm. episode but you know Other side of the coin, I know a lot of people, their big complaint about the pilot was that there were too many characters too fast. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. obviously at this point with the way they're going with it, yeah, there were a ton of characters in that first episode. But, you know, we're going to get just glimpses of most of them for the entire season until hopefully it all kind of comes up big right at the end. It bubbles and goes, Kapai! Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Amory, you wanted to talk a little bit about Bruce and Alfred this episode, and I have some points later on, too. I but, tried not to yeah. jump on them, but feel free <laughs> I, to... I loved them, too. I love them. They make me so happy. Um, I love that Alfred can't really figure out his role, whether mm-hmm. does he need to play a friend, does he need to play a father, does he need to play a servant? Yeah. He's playing all of these parts... And coming at everything from all these different angles. I just want to throw it in the fire. I want to throw <laughs> it in the fire. And he's like, Alfred, do not throw anything in the fire. That's an order. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh. He only bu- he's only busted that out like one other time. And I believe it was pretty much Alfred, don't throw anything in the fire. Yeah. At that point, too. Yeah. And it's something interesting with that is you can kind of see like the threads of what people who know the, the adult Bruce Wayne and Alfred relationship to be. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the threads are kind of being teased out here to where like – Bruce is just so obsessive that Alfred constantly eat a sandwich. 
yeah. get some sun, clean up your room, yeah. you know, stuff like, and that's Which the same thing. Does. That's yeah. the thing. Same thing. Alfred does to the adult Batman too, because yeah. he just gets so fixated on what he's working on that you know it's hard for him to move on or whatever. It's hard for him to move on. But just, it was, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say I hope they bring in more of Alfred's sass from something like the animated series uh, because mm-hmm. he is so sassy and funny, uh-huh. and I. I you know, where he's like, I drew you a bath. Ha ha. See, it's a bath on a piece of paper. Ah. <laughs> so I, I would like to see more of the humor come out of Alfred because he is yeah. a very funny character in both the comics and the movie and like in all sh- uh, aspects. But I can understand why they haven't done it yet because they are grieving and they are mm-hmm. starting like in this like chant transaction change of life period. Yeah, so right. but I hope that eventually comes to that because Alf- the reason why I do like Alfred so much is because he's funny while Batman is so dry. Mm hmm. Yeah, and like like Anne Marie said, you you know it's just a probably a matter of their relationship settling too. Yeah, but. because at this point, you know, he was always the servant because you know there was the the Waynes, the yeah. parents that mm-hmm. took care of everything, and you know Bruce was Bruce. But now they have such a close; they have to have a closer relationship yeah. because they're all each other has mm-hmm. with all of this. I, I was just going to say, uh, and uh, we'll have a link to it in our show notes. Uh, the P- Paley Fest, uh, the the entire cast did this weekend. Uh, Sean Pertwee was also talking about. I think it's like episode eight or nine. Coming we're actually me. going to be getting some Alfred backstory too, <gasps> to oh. kind of show how he came into the service of the Waynes and why he listens to this little boy <laughs> who shouldn't be ordering him around because he's his legal guardian or whatever. Right. You know. So that's kind of- actually my next question to you, Bill, to fill in that backstory. So I. I guess I just have to keep watching Gotham. Exactly. Keep watching. Keep watching. Ah! But not too, Mikey. See what um, I did Some of the things that I really liked about from their scenes together, apparently today I'm just ranting and make lists. Uh-huh. Um, I like Bruce making his wall of information sort of like you see in a typical police drama, which you haven't really seen in this one. Mm-hmm. So he's sort of bringing that element of policey things with, you know, arrows and strings and pictures. Yeah. I liked how Alfred called him a great detective too. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that was nice. Um, I, the whole, I want to understand how Gotham works. Why didn't Wayne Enterprises step in? Like those thoughts and Alfred just wants to go because the corrupt kid they're corrupt but he can't (laughs) again it's that walking that line of Mm -hmm. because he even had said you know to gordon last episode maybe the one before that the waynes wanted him to make his own choices and that was very clear that he was to be raised to make his own choices so that's what he has to battle to let him do um I like that Alfred forced Bruce to go to the lunch, mm-hmm. but Bruce wasn't really forced because he wanted to talk to the board members. I have some <laughs> questions. And-, and see, that was a very like Batman thing to do. Like honestly, uh, the those scenes, mm-hmm. like the preparing to go to the board meeting, him at the board meeting, everything, you could totally switch out Christian Bale in the Bruce Wayne part, and they wouldn't have to rewrite a line. Like it, it just felt so Batman. Like him going to deal with board stuff while. The actual like super villain stuff was happening. I, re- I loved it. It was cool. Yeah. Um, yes. And last that um, after the Viper is released in that board lunch thing that Alfred basically throws his jacket over and like carries Bruce <laughs> out and then sits down with the files and helps him figure it all out. Yeah. That's I something love you that scene with the adult because it's, it's actually really – sometimes the most powerful scenes are the ones that are not spoken because actions do speak louder than the words. Yep. And in that one scene, there's not a single lick of dialogue. It's all – just Alfred coming over, sitting down, Bruce looking very surprised and excited and happy. And like, mm-hmm. I, I think also a lot of acceptance. I don't think he 
was thinking that Alfred was accepting him at the moment. And and he just like looks down, he's like, yeah, we did it, yay, oh god. And it, it was very nice because sometimes the most powerful scenes are the ones that are just not spoken. And it was a, to me that was probably one of the strongest scenes in the episode. Oh, definitely. And I'll go ahead and uh, deal with my my thoughts on this scene, too, since we're talking about it Mm. uh, before we move on real quick. But uh, I just thought it was interesting because, you know, in that pilot episode when Gordon first comes to Wayne Manor and everything, Mm -hmm. I thought maybe Alfred was in on it then. But no, this is definitely the episode where you see, okay, Alfred is coming into the plan and finally trusting that Bruce knows what's up. He knows what's going on. You know, I, he, he's onto something here. And I, I, I also, uh, like I said, I really love that Alfred makes it a focus to uh, make sure that Bruce focuses on his health, even though he's trying to do all these good things. And I really loved it. Initially, I thought it was uh, the mask of Zorro went back, uh, rewatched also looked at some other commentary online Mm -hmm think it was Count of Monte Cristo uh, or Cristo on the TV. Crisco? Yeah, I said Crisco. I know we live in the South, <laughs> Bill, but come on, Crisco. <laughs> He's making some chicken. No, but uh, the Count of Monte Cristo, which, uh, you know, a uh, bit of a vigilante thing going on there, but actually more of a direct Bane reference because uh, Bane, uh, one, he was raised in a prison. And two, that was one of his favorite stories that he read in the pre- prison. So I thought it was interesting. But I think there was also an intention to kind of look like Zorro there, too. And oh, Bruce was watching Zorro or whatever. Uh, but I, I thought that was uh, very interesting. I guess, you know, th- this makes me really sad. Every week uh, throughout the season here, we've been doing a segment called hey, – well, I guess we'll do the theme song – one, look two. at that Joker. Look, look at, at that Joker. Joker. Look at that Joker. It's this Joker. Look at you this wrote Joker. It Joker, it Joker. Look, look at, at this Joker. Joker. Yeah. It is different every week, and this was a bad week. It yeah, this so was a really bad week. Henry is Harley. Bill, Bill is the Joker. Henry is Harley. You up. <laughs> nice. But uh, what we're doing here is uh, we're very can... singy tonight. We are. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, but at legendsofgotham.com, if you uh, go up to the upper right-hand corner and click it, look at this Joker, uh, you can get a breakdown of every episode, any Joker clues or suspects we've seen, every episode, and down and down and down, a lot of reasonable, really good stuff, and then, and then this week. The, this week, it's nothing. Yeah, basically, uh, the best Joker connection I could pull out of this week was the the Viper juice itself. Uh, the smoke was green, and uh, it turned people's skin sort of translucent. Uh, maybe the Joker toxin is also derived from it. Uh, that's about all I've got. That's all we got. Sadly. If you have any uh, any comments though, or any ideas of a Joker connection in this episode that we didn't list, because we didn't list any, really. It, this is more of a fake one. Yeah. Uh, you can, you can <laughs> comment on this holder. page. We have it open. Actually, Fee uh, left a comment a couple weeks ago. I'll read here real quick. I have seen a few people on Tumblr throwing out the theory that Bullock will end up being the Joker. Origin of the idea seems to be how the guy called him a clown. I don't know enough about comic canon to know if it would be a a grievous deviation, but it would be kind of funny if there's speculation about everyone maybe being the Joker, and then they're all like, psych, you were watching him all along. So maybe it's a thing they might do. I like that. I like it. I could definitely see that. Although I, th- I, I do think they're probably going to lean more into Bullock being in on the game mm. soonly. But uh, you can check all that out at Look at This Joker. And uh, let's see here. Okay, we've also been doing, uh, you know, since the podcast is new out there and everything, oh. we've been trying to get people to go and leave reviews. We're giving hey. away. Uh, Emery, do you have the poster? Oh, yeah. oh, no. I. I didn't want to see this poster because I, I haven't been able to watch your video podcast. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. 
Yeah, but here's the Comic-Con Gotham poster that they gave out during Comic-Con with uh, Penguin and Gordon and Catwoman and all the rest here on Gilligan's Isle. Uh, was that a Fox show? I don't think that was a Fox I show. I don't think so. That was before Fox. Uh, but uh, we're giving this away, and all you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and leave us a review, and you'll be entered to win this awesome poster. Uh, which uh, We have another one we keep meaning to hand up on the wall. <laughs> we haven't done it yet. Well, it's because we don't have another poster for the other. But uh, in, okay. in another better benefit to uh, leaving a review is we'll read them on the show. Anne Marie, okay. you want to go ahead and read I'll these read four them. that we got this week? Four. Fantastic. I wonder if I'm delicious. Um, <laughs> okay. Long live Legends of Gotham from Lila56. I really enjoy listening to this podcast. The discussion of Gotham is very entertaining and I enjoy hearing about the history of the character since I have not read any of the comics. It is a great companion to the TV show. Thank you, Lon. Uh, love this podcast from Nicole E R L. I don't know if it's R L. Electronic real life. I don't hey, know. hey, there you go. <laughs> Electronic real life. Um, I love listening to this podcast every week when I'm at work, and it's great to hear from Meeks and the similarities of the show it has to the comic books, and to have AMD have an opinion as someone who is new to the stories. She'll point out flaws in the show and also make you think about things you missed while watching it. This podcast is great for anyone, whether they, whether it be someone who knows all the stories from the comic or a new person who just started watching Gotham. Thank you, Nicole. Yes, thank you, Nicole. Um, fantastic podcast for a fantastic show from Brotherhead. Um, <laughs> Brotherhead. Um, it's Brother Blood, really, you have to worry. Yeah, very true, very true. That's a DC reference. Go over my head. I know, um, I watch Teen Titans like a mofo. I love that show. Oh, the Teen Titans. Not um, Teen Titans Go, that's crap. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Okay. Back to Brotherhead. Back to Brotherhead. <laughs> um, I thoroughly enjoy Legends of Gotham. Like Bill, I'm a fan of the comics. Also, like Anne Marie, I'm a fan of police procedurals. So this is right up my alley. If you enjoy Gotham, check out this podcast. It's fantastic. Keep up the great work, guys. As for the show, the only thing I'm afraid is that they're going to listen to the Batman fans and introduce introduce too much Batman too quick. But as long as Bill and Anne Marie keep up the show, I'll keep listening. Why? Thank you, Brotherhead. Yes. Thank you. All right. Last- leave that screen name alone yes um last but certainly not least just an all over good podcast from keeb 1003 um i'm a slight bit of a comic geek gotham is good as a concept so far hopefully the concept can last over the long haul i don't know if it will uh the podcast however is pretty good yes it may be rah rah kind of podcast rah, sorry you like the show i'm we sorry like it. um but it's a podcast about a specific show um it's supposed to be that way very true um meeks said <laughs> i'm missing things um uh, meeks seems knowledgeable about comics and amd brings a change up from just a comic based point of view i dig the podcast keep it up thank you keep Yes, thank you very much, Keep. And uh, again, you can enter. That's the very like nicest one star pod rating I've ever seen with a podcast. Seriously. No, but see, I, I I was saying earlier, I like one star star reviews, especially when they're so glowing, uh, because you know it, it kind of makes it seem like we didn't just get our friends to come in there and. Uh, you know, juke the reviews. But if you want to juke the reviews for us, uh, just go leave one on iTunes or Stitcher Radio and you'll be entered to win that beautiful Comic-Con poster. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and uh, that's a but- podcast for myself. It really helps the podcast out a lot. It helps people find them. It helps them go up in the mm-hmm. ratings. And it helps them look nice and pretty. And, and to be honest, from like a person point of view, it helps give us the energy to keep going and keep podcasting. Because if we don't feel like when we don't get reviews, it feels like we're talking in a void. Mm-hmm. This is true. This so, is very true. If, if you love Bill and Amory and you love the show, go leave a podcast review. 
I'm audibly delicious. I think we should have Hope on every week to say the things that we're too uncomfortable to say. <laughs> we can't say them about ourselves, so we're like, we're going to defer to Hope. I'm saying that about. because I have three reviews on my podcast, and it's Bill and, like, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Hope's mom. So, like, it's it's really hard to be podcasting for years and not have, like, any reviews. And so you have to just keep mm. going, and you have to podcast on your own, and you have to give yourself your own strength. So I get really excited to know that you guys are so successful, and I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you, Hope. Hashi. Okay, Hope, why don't we uh, stop, stop making us cry, darn <laughs> it. You made us cry on the last show, too. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've thought about this season of Gotham so far as a whole since you just marathoned the whole thing? Yeah, I um, as, as I mentioned, I wasn't the biggest fan of this episode, and I started thinking about the season as a whole because it is so fresh in my mind. And I was going, okay, like I really like this show, but at the same time, it's not blowing my mind. If I had to give it a rating overall, it, I would probably give it like a seventy, eighty ish. Like it's not like in some a couple episodes a little bit lower. And I had to think about it. I was like, you know, I could watch Big Bang Theory or Gotham first. I'm gonna watch Big Bang Theory because I love that show. Mm-hmm. Um, oh god, I'm gonna get haters. I feel it. Um, <laughs> And so I, th- I started thinking about it, and I realized the reason I don't like this show is that it's a crime procedural, and I've never liked crime procedural. I've never mm-hmm. liked the SVUs and or or the CSIs or the letter TV shows, and I see Amory having a panic attack. Yeah, Amory's definitely having a panic t- attack over but here. But I feel like crime procedurals are very boring. They're predictable. Like you know, there's a bad guy of the week, and they figure out the bad guy. There's a bad guy of the week, and they figure out the bad guy. The story is like the people, and so that I realized that's what Gotham is. It's a crime procedural, but with Batman. And I and I realized it because I, you know, my other exception is Elementary. I'm a huge Sherlockian. I love everything Sherlock Holmes. And if if it wasn't Sherlock Holmes based, I probably wouldn't watch Elementary because mm-hmm. it's a crime procedural. And and BBC does it better. And <laughs> and I started noticing there's a lot of similarities. Like episode three of Gotham is about a balloon man. Episode three of Elementary that came out two years ago was about a balloon man, <laughs> and oh, I, it's really nice. stuck out to me, uh, especially since that's the episode that made me like really want to watch Elementary. That's my favorite episode mm-hmm. of Elementary. Mm-hmm. But what makes this show different is because it's about Batman. If it wasn't about Batman, it would be your normal CSI, SVUs, letter shows, TV Yay! shows. Um so to me, the bread and butter of the show is the characters, and then that's what I like about TV opposed to movies. I'm very much a TV person. I don't go to movies a lot unless I really want to see them because I don't really what, – what makes a show to me is the characters and their development and their journey. Even if the plot is sucks, if the plot sucks, a character can carry a TV show. We've seen that. I, and, 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 you know, and you guys' other uh, podcast, Greetings from Wonderland, the Name of Hearts carried the TV show when oh, it yeah. sucked. Yeah, um, sure. And so, like, I'm really invested in Fish. I'm really invested in Oswald. I'm really invested in Cat. Gordon, I wish he would smile more. I'm really, um, he's very stereotypical, straight-laced cop. I, I, I can't wait mm-hmm. to see him grow. And like Emery uh, said, I, I really love Bruce and Alfred. I, I want to see them. I want to see more Riddler. But the reason I didn't like Viper this week is because there wasn't a lot of fish. There wasn't a lot of cat. There wasn't a lot of Oswald. So it wasn't these characters I was very invested in. Um, but that's just overall, it's just, it's it's the Batman aspect. And I love villains. I love villain origin stories. You have to have a good villain to have a good hero. If your villain sucks, 
your hero is going to be boring. And that's what carries the show and keeps it going for me. Mm-hmm. Are you enjoying, uh, you know, the, the freaks of the week too? Uh, like, I mean, obviously you thought the balloon man was a little derivative of, of uh, elementary, but uh, past that, have you been enjoying like uh, the, the kid wranglers and, you know, this week with the Viper and everything? No, um, they've they've been hit and miss for me. Um, if it if it's one of those things like if the Kid Wranglers came back and you know, um, because Agents of Shield did the same thing. Like you know, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm a big Marvel person. Agents of Shield in the first half of their season, they had a lot of like episode of the week, villain of the weeks. But what happened is when they had the Hydra reveal, all of those episodes of the week, villains of the week came back and were actually villains in the second half. So they came back. So that's why I'm not really thinking about it too much. As long as these like episode Viper villain of the weeks, and I know they're going to bring back Wells on because we saw that the board member lady is a part of that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it is a lot of groundwork and I think it's going to have a really strong second season. Like usually sophomore seasons suck in TV. I think Gotham's going to have a really strong sophomore season because pretty much so far, all they've done is laid down groundwork. And so all these, Villain of the Weeks are going to come back and own it. But I, I just have to say, if season one doesn't end with Bruce Wayne drawing a picture of his Batcave, like not blueprints, but just like with a sheet of paper, like drawing the Batcave, I'm going to be mm-hmm. really sad. <laughs> drawing to his like emo music. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, spe- <laughs> Teenager scare the living bleep out of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking, speaking of darkness darkness no parents um no, speaking of darkness i i, I really enjoy song for you it's about being batman <laughs> dude they got like a lego movie batman coming i'm so excited they do they have a, a and that's something we probably won't touch on in the news but we should probably mention yeah there is going to be a lego batman like feature film movie awesome. uh, i'm so excited he was the best part of that movie hopefully Yay. hopefully they get a maybe they can get a robin lord taylor to uh voice the penguin or something <gasps> He's such a cutie. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking I of darkness, uh, the dark humor <laughs> in this episode or in this episode, I thought was probably some of the best they've had. Yeah, like I, it was just like so juxtaposed so well. It was so like completely over the top slapsticky mm-hmm. while being completely horrific at the same time. Like the bones crumbling as he's holding the ATM <laughs> above his head. Like I, actually, a lot of the jokes kind of reminded me of kind of. Uh, the smart, gross-out humor of like a Shaun of the Dead, uh, or something oh, like that. Oh, I love that. Shaun of the Dead, and you spelled I, Shaun wrong, by the way, in your notes. He can't Did spell I? anything. I don't worry about spelling well. right in the notes because no one, <laughs> no one sees them, and as long as no one calls them out on the podcast, we're okay. Like I do every Hope. week. Uh, <laughs> Bill, <laughs> Bill, no, but I, I, I really liked uh, the jokes, and I also think that the uh, the newscaster is just a, a mine of comedy. Like the then, without exception, they die a horrible death. Like yeah, it's no like they they die horribly. Like this show, so like many they of have like a, like a, a moment where they question their existence and then died a horrible death. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just like uh, it, just the phrasing, like uh, the, the so much of the humor and the phrasing in this show yeah and yeah that definitely comes out like every time they have a newscaster there's there's some sort of just like little subtle like little digger joke or something like that Mm -hmm. and i i also uh just one other like little piece of dark humor that i loved was uh the uh the psychotically mad old man yeah i I thought was kind of fun too and also something i i just wanted to bring up real quick i i believe uh in the comics venom is connected to 
oh, what's the name of the drug that the uh, Our Man takes? Miracolo or something like that? But basically it's a pill you take and you become super strong. You become a superhero for an hour. Mm -hmm. And I believe in the comics, Venom was derivative of that. So I'm wondering if this professor and uh, what's his name? Stan, uh, the the guy who was handing out the – yeah, the ear guy, the Van Gogh guy. I wonder if they have some sort of connection to Our Man or the Justice Society of America because – I, I don't know. As far as we know, they were operational during World War II in this world. Sure. Just some, a little something to throw out there, but really, really enjoyed the uh, dark humor. Uh, now, uh, Amory, you wanted to talk a little bit about the whole uh, Fish Liza situation. Fish knows what she's doing, man. Mm-hmm. She is priming Liza to be a really good weapon. Yeah. Like, really, really good, and it's really, really creepy. Mm-hmm. I want to know what the weapon is, though. Like, I'm she's just the going, weapon. Okay, you're making a weapon. What she's kind the of weapon? weapon? How are you going to use this little girl? Is she going to, like, sexy takeover with nope. her, like, jigglies and her singing? <laughs> I, I'm assuming she she's being sent in to get trust so yeah. she can get access to some confidential information. Yeah. Then she's meant to kill Falcone. Yes. That would be my assumption. Yes. Absolutely. That's exactly what – like he, she's building her basically to be Falcone's mom, mm-hmm. which obviously – Because Falcone is. obviously has like mommy issues. Yeah, or, of so, course he has mommy well, issues. He's Italian. It's- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where are these mommy issues coming from? I think I missed something. Um, they never flat out say it, but mm-hmm. the aria that she learns is something that his mother sang to him. Oh, I remember that. Life. Okay, see, that's how much the show is leaving an impression on me. Uh, yeah, and they even dress her. They she changed her hair and gave her an outfit very similar to the, Falcone's to mother. Falcone's mother. Um, and everything that Fish was doing with her, she was like, no, you have too much sense. You have to in say that. Like, a like a mother. mother. Yeah. Okay. So I'm on board now. Of, I forgot that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it's a lot of that. And you could almost see the moment where Liza realized what was happening. Mm-hmm. It was as soon as he said, you know, this is something that my mother, and it, it, the light went on and she yeah. was like, Oh. And I think the light went on for you too cuz like uh, yes. th- we were watching the episode and it, the first time through together and and uh, you were like I was angry. Aria? Mommy, mommy, daughter, what's going on here? I don't understand. And then that last scene you were like, love it. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay, uh, any other thoughts no, that's on it. fish? Okay. Uh let's see here. I hope you wanted to talk a little bit about uh Gordon Oswald. Yeah, I like this like kind of weird bro team that they have. I don't have really a great word to use other than bro team because they're they're sort of allies. They're they're like enemy allies. But mm-hmm. I, I just like the setup of what's going on. And you guys have I, I kind of powered listened to some of your past episodes the last two days. Um, but and you guys have mentioned this before is that 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 you know the penguin's going to be the informant for Gordon and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I just find it interesting. It's just placing Bullock and Gordon on opposite sides of the playing field and at some point you know they're building up to this big clash with them but I, I just like the dynamic you know Gordon's so straight laced and serious and I don't think he's smiled more than hey there's my hot wife I don't think he's <laughs> smiled at all uh, past that um, and mm. like Oswald is just so crazed and he has so much energy and I just I just love seeing them together because Gordon just like 
crony food steward. And he's just like, oh, my God, I'm Oswald, and I'm here, and I'm great, and this is awesome. Thank you, sir. So I just love their dynamic. It's mm. it's giving – Oswald's energy gives energy to Gordon um, and kind of gives him a fire – you said I can say ass on Yes, podcast? you can say ass. Gives him a yes. fire under his ass and, <laughs> and just, like, gets Gordon to actually get up and do things, and it gives his direction drive. And I think it's interesting to see a villain give of a hero – drive and not in the drive to go stop the villain as in a drive to go stop other villains and i think oswald's kind of the one that's kind of pushing gordon right now opposed to gordon using oswald mm-hmm. yeah. it, definitely and i also thought it way uh, that oswald uh, penguin uh that, that he made a, a really bold play but he really if he wanted to move as quick as the or is Gotham is moving around him. Mm-hmm. He he had to do it. He had to take that risk about telling Maroney about his past and everything, yeah. kind of pushing the issue and he to saw get saw the look in Gordon's face when he was just like he just like gives Oswald this look of like, Oh, you did not crap. <laughs> that means I'm in this too. I hate yeah. you. Silent glare would kill you, but I'm not really. Damn it, I'm in this too. <laughs> yep. Damn it. Yeah, because yeah, now at this point, uh Maroney has Gordon like everyone else thinks they have Gordon. Like Falcone thinks that he has Gordon because they think they have Gordon from the whole killing penguin thing. Mm-hmm. Now, because of that whole situation, Maroney has Gordon like everyone else thinks they do. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, how Maroney calls that in or if he does or when he does. Gordon's like sure. the plot bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to explain what a fandom bicycle is, but he's like the plot bicycle. Okay, we'll, we'll leave we'll leave that <laughs> in the air. I was going to ask for an explanation. Trying to process that. What? I was going to ask for an explanation. Then I thought, you know what? Maybe not. maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. not. Uh, Amory, did you have any other big points you wanted to hit? No. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so uh, we'll wrap up with uh, what Hope uh, wanted to talk about here. A little bit about uh, Gordon and Bullock. Now, you guys were talking earlier about how, like, you guys think it's great that, like, no, they're all friendly and stuff. I'm sitting here going, when did Gordon and Bullock become so friendly? Like, when did this Mm. happen? Like, they've been pretty toxic and just kind of, like, watching each other up to this point. And then I started thinking about, like, how much is Bullock playing up that he is a bad cop? Um, Mm. Alice Cott, I told you, I'm so sorry, I'm a Marvel girl. Um, Alice Cott is actually writing Secret Avengers right now for Marvel now, and Bullock Mm. reminded me of Hawkeye in Secret Avengers, and there's a part where Spider-Woman goes up to Maria Hill, and she goes, why is Hawkeye on this team? He's lazy, he's stupid, all he cares about is food, he doesn't do anything useful. Mm. And Maria Hill looks at her and goes, that's exactly what he wants you to think. He wants you to think he's lazy, Mm. he wants... Mm shouldn't that he's stupid and, and doesn't get the job done because then he's not on your radar. You're not going to pay attention to Hawkeye. And I think that's exactly what Bullock is doing in Gordon. He, you know, he acts drunk. He acts irrational. He acts crazed when really we see that he has all these contacts. Well, how did he get them? He's friendly with these street people. He yeah. compliments them, he gives them little gifts. He compliments fish and now he's starting to do that to Gordon. Like, Gordon, mm-hmm. he's starting to play the good cop that Gordon wants him to see. And I think that he's trying to get Gordon to not pay attention to him anymore. And he's trying to pull, get off Gordon's radar so he can go and do more nasty things behind Gordon's back. Because now Gordon's dealing with Oswald. Now he's mm-hmm. dealing with Barbara. And mm-hmm. I think Harvey is starting to realize that. So he's playing up Gordon the same way. 
that Hawkeye plays everybody else because he doesn't want anyone to notice him. I, I really like that. Like, I like that a lot. It's like a double-double cross kind of... Something like that. But together and nice and stuff. I will... uh, do you think Gordon actually knows what altruism <laughs> means or not? No. no. <laughs> that, that was one of the best lines of the episode. What's what? altruism? What's altruism? <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. I, I definitely think that things are going to keep uh, ramping up uh, yeah. with the crazy. Like, I mean, we even just saw this episode, like the guy running down the street with the ATM on his that back. That was and hilarious. Stuff. Like, I think things. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but I, I, I had think... the biggest grin on his face. Like, mm-hmm. I did it. Yeah. So comic book. Look at me. So comic book. I loved it. But I, I, I think the crazy things are just going to keep ramping up like that and getting more and more horrific to where eventually. Uh, you know, even uh, if your wonderful theory turns out to be right, Hope, uh, that, you know, Harvey's kind of playing Jim like Jim's playing Harvey. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I, I think they're eventually going to have to come to a place where they have to get really close in order to survive all this craziness and all these crazy characters around them. Emory, you had something you wanted to add, I think? This was the first episode where Bullock didn't have to save Gordon. This is true. Yeah, because you mentioned that last week. Right. I was like, let me say this awesome theory. Oh, Mm. look, it doesn't happen in the next episode. (laughs) Because that's the way things go for Emery. What? Oh, I was just saying, I think the breaking point is going to be Oswald. Um, What's going to happen when either A, Harvey already knows Oswald is alive and he's not letting Gordon know. And because he just has no proof of how to prove it. Um, Mm -hmm. Or B, he thinks that Oswald is dead. And when he finds out, that's going to be the direction, the next step to Gordon Bulk's relationship. And it's going to depend on what external plot is happening around them. Yep. Oh, for sure. Well, it's because if Oswald is alive, Bullock's in danger, too. Mm -hmm. Because if Mm -hmm. Jim didn't kill him, Bullock was to kill both of them. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Bullock was the guy who was supposed to get Jim on board with the program. And And if if Jim's not on board with the program, then... You, you know how these trouble. mob types are. Yeah, they'll they'll take mm-hmm. it out of Bullock. Okay, uh, we're going to do something we don't do every episode, but I figured it'd be fun for this episode. Uh, we're going to take a couple minutes here and just randomly read things from our notes for the episode because we always take very meticulous notes. Oh uh, crap! I have I have greetings from Storybrooke notes. I can yell that. <laughs> that might that make might it not be relevant. Just yell out random thoughts. Uh, let's see here. Uh, um, breathe me. Is this kind of like Alice from Wonderlandy? Barbara and Jim still on the outs. No res- resolution to the ultimatum. Uh, what's really going on there? I don't really care about Barbara's storyline at all. Okay, we're gonna get rid of you now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Penguin, it's a good name. It suits you. Eddie is so excited about about the the people's bones collapsing. He, he was just so happy. <laughs> I can't uh, wait to see more of Riddler, and I hope him and Penguin get together soon because they'd make a really cute shipper couple. <laughs> very very. Uh, what, what you told me to like yell random things. <laughs> I Edwald, have a comb. Edwald, Team Edwald. There we go. I'm ah! leaving. All right, I'm leaving now, and jumps off the roof. Uh, let's see here. Uh, a classic villain origin for stan almost almost like the riddlers from batman forever actually because he was a disgruntled employee of a wing enterprises subsidiary who uh causes havoc in gotham city i thought that was interesting i would like to see more turmoil with bruce and see him not getting along with other children because he doesn't understand how to get along with children anymore Mm. i would like to see him around other people Yes, and to see the rest of that set, like what does the rest of the manor look like? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we really only get that one room, right? Mm-hmm. In the outside. Mm. 
Uh, let's see. Anything else important here? Uh, just my stupid uh, Joker for this week. And, uh, uh, Fish is the bread and butter. I think she's great. Cat is great, too. I can't wait to see more of her. Um, but honestly, what I think it's going to boil down to, to uh, uh, Fish's next move. And honestly, she's the best villain in the show, but hands down. I thought Liza's training period seemed kind of quick. Yes. A little bit. Mm-hmm. I could do without the whole Liza's training period because mm-hmm. it was boring. It was really boring, but as we learned, it set up exactly the way it needed to be set up. Um, Fish is great when she's dominating other men, and that's her strong point because she's a very incredibly strong female character, and the fact that she does her own dirty work and she's not a pretty doll on a pedestal is what makes her a really strong character because she will tell you exactly what she feels. And so this whole thing with Liza just feels like a waste of time because she's not like... I sound really feminist right now, but she's not sticking it to a man. It's a little awkward. Um, I had one more. I thought it was weird that Jim sprayed the dude with the Viper. I don't know why. I thought it was weird. Well, I think it was just a situation where he was kind of like fearing for his own life a little too, and that was the only out he saw. Oh, yeah. But I, I, one, one point on the Viper, and then we'll uh, do our final ratings for the episode. I, I saw a lot of people online being like, come on, would you really uh, just take a vial of something someone threw in your guitar case? One, the guy actually had a sign that literally said, give me drugs. Two, I've known a lot of professional musicians. People give, even if they don't do drugs, people give professional musicians drugs like all the time and they never like do testing kits or something. Why would you? Exactly. So I I found that also the the people he was targeting were people like prostitutes and like people and like like lower class mm-hmm. people. If he would have given like walked down Wall Street and was like, here, Wall Street, people mm-hmm. have these drugs, they would have been like, oh, what is this? But it was people that statistically are known to take drugs. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so arbitrary scale. Uh, we'll start with you, Hope. Out of 200. Oh, and- me. Because you're the guest. Out of no, 200- but you know I hate math. <laughs> Out of 237 empty jugs of milk, how many empty <laughs> jugs of milk would you give this episode? I'm actually going to try and give a number instead of a percentage. And remember, um, the ATM machine of Damocles is hanging over your head. 200%. Um, I will give it 237. Uh, probably like 195-ish jugs of milk and some crunchy bones along with it. Um Why? Because, um, I, like, as I said, each Gotham episode has been about, like, a 70, 80 for me. And it wasn't my favorite episode, but there's still a lot of great things going on. Um, there's still a lot of great groundwork going down. I do think it has a very nice build. I love the character work. Um, just some of my favorites. I would have liked to – there's some storylines I could do without, but I, and I can't wait to have my favorites back and to find out more yeah. about them. Excellent. Okay, Anne-Marie, uh, 237 empty jugs o' milk. Vitamin D, what do you give it? 194. Why? Um, because I really liked it, but there wasn't enough meow for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just that one little. There scene. There was that one little scene, and meow. I I love her meow. Um, meow. I also kind of. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a huge roach on my wall. I kind of have to go kill it. I'll be back. <laughs> That's fine. Go ahead and kill it. No, it's it's like two inches big. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, here, we'll go we'll ahead and mute, mute you, you while minute. you do that. Oh, my God. Let's see, now it I'm, happens. like, terrified watching it. Oh. The <laughs> um, South, folks. The South. The South. Um, what was I going to say? What was I, oh, I liked it, but I, I kind of wanted more of the Bullock and Gordon, like, how he's had to save him. Mm-hmm. And he hates him, he hates him, he hates him, but then he saves him anyway. Oh, she's back. I, and let's see here. I, I'll give my scale real quick. Out of 237 empty jugs of milk, I'm going to give it 200. Because oh. I thought it was really good. And I thought, 
I thought they nailed like they, that kind of dark humor voice better than they have in any other episode. And I, I just thought it was really strong. And even though I don't like the the concept of Venom necessarily because it's connected to Bane and I really don't like the Bane character, I, I thought it was really well done and kind of gave us a little peek into the more fantastical elements of Gotham that we'll be seeing uh, here shortly. Uh, did you take care of that okay, Hope? Yeah, I'm so sorry. It was oh, it was on my screen, and it was on um, your screen. We live in the woods, so yeah, I have all my windows open. It's really uh, hot in my room, so, so it's like 50 that. degrees. We don't do that. It was great. It's totally fine. Okay, well, here we'll play a quick uh, commercial, real quick, and then we'll come back with some news and a little bit of listener feedback. A teenage hero hunted on the run. A titan falls. A familiar hand holds the gun. A key to his past may soon appear, a day on the water, a night ruled by fear. Mystery, revelations, and murder beware. Danger on Liberty Pier. Dog Boy. Danger on Liberty Pier. A new Dog Boy adventure by Bill Meeks. Buy it today at dogboyadventures.com slash store. And you don't actually have to buy it today because it's free on Amazon. And you you can, uh, and yes, that that is my book. Uh, you can pick it up at Amazon by going to bit.ly slash Liberty Pier. And like I said, it's free for the entire week, so you have plenty of try- time to check it out. And you know, it, it, I think fans of this show would probably like it. I think so. As someone who reads both comics and has read the first book, I haven't gotten into the later books yet, but I've read the first Dog Boy, Dog Boy books. And they're fantastic. It reads just like a comic book. It's it's great, and it's good for all ages too. So if you're wondering if you know you should let your young adults or teens read, it has a lot of great uh, uh, aspects. That I think they would like, but also has a lot of great things for long time comic book lovers. Um, Dog Boy is great. It's just I I highly approve of it. I, instead, of, I know it's free this week, but spend your money on it because it's totally worth it. Okay, Hope. I think Hope's I PR think, company. Uh, I, I, I was going to say I, think I run Hope, social media for a comic book store, so I <laughs> that's my daily job. I, I was going to say I, th- I think we can officially hire Hope as our pimp from here. Out. <laughs> she can just <laughs> pimp us out. And Do all you want me to record like a series of like things for you and just submit them? Probably yes. Do it. Yes. The other side of the mirror this week. I'm doing their Nave of Hearts background. Nice. Okay, and now on to the news. News. Okay, first up the ratings and a little bit of a dip. It went down to 6 million viewers, 2.2% share. This was These were early numbers, so they could be adjusted. I dipped 6 and 8% respectively. Still, one of the best shows on the network as far as ratings go. So I ain't scared. I ain't scared. I ain't scared at all. Okay, we also have a promo from uh, next week's episode, episode uh, six, rather. Spirit of the Goat. Spirit of the Goat. This is another one by our uh, friend of the podcast, TJ Scott, directed by TJ Scott. And as usual, we're going to uh, just watch the promo and, and tell, tell you what, what's what happens. And react. Okay, there's a real scary guy in a mask. Is that a circusy thing? Yeah. Oh. And oh. a guy hanging scary over mask. a pit. Hey, was that? What's it, her face? Yeah, Barbara Keene, Barbara. I think. Yeah, and uh, hey. that looks almost kind Bat of like Batman slash Scarecrow-ish, oh. but it's probably not either of them. I'm guessing he's called the Goat. Uh, we have yeah. Edward Nigma with a co- question mark <gasps> coffee mug. Again, with more people I don't recognize. Mm-hmm. And it, this looks like oh. a really scary one for well, Halloween, it, it's too. It's Halloween. Yeah. So a Spirit of the Goat looks like it'll be a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. <laughs> it looks – it's so, more – go ahead. 
Uh, my tangent for the day is um, part of half of my comic store that I work in is um, also games and like Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh! and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this guy came up and was buying a card, and it was called something like like Spirit of the Goat. And I looked at it and I was like, that's the next Gotham episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was like looking at it, I was like, huh, I remember this. Here, you buy your Gotham card. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it uh, definitely looks like a good episode. Uh, you should have taken that card for research, Hope. I'm disappointed in you. You're fired. The now. customer was buying it, and they pay my bills. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair Very enough. true. Okay, and uh, just something we wanted to point out here, and you can get this uh, a link to this at the show notes at legendsofgotham.com. I think Bobby Hawk actually uh, shared it with us initially. But the, the most of the cast took uh, part in uh, a Paley Fest uh, Q&A in New York City this weekend. And Yahoo live streamed the whole whole thing. There were a lot of really good bits. A um, couple things that I I because I, I watched the whole thing while I was working yesterday, and a couple things that I pulled out of it. One, uh, I guess Danny Cannon and the writers and Jeff Johns actually they took it out an entire day and a marker board and stuff, and uh, laid out the timeline of how old would this villain be in relation to Bruce. And laid out that entire thing. So if anyone out there has been saying, well, that character couldn't be this age or this, that, or the other. No, Jeff John's one of the big hoo-hahs at at, uh, DC (laughs) Comics went in there with Danny Cannon to kind of lay it all out. And they also – something else I thought was kind of cool is Bullock talks talks a little bit about uh, what lines he improvised and what are the writers and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. You know, uh, the kind of – Ability to improvise they give him on set, which I thought was kind of cool, too. But a lot of good information in there. Uh, uh, Fish Mooney, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, when she showed up to her audition, uh, she brought a, a man calling on all fours with a chain, shirtless man. Perfect. Which I, yeah, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Wasn't her husband. It wasn't her husband. I, I I think it was a hired actor of some sort. See, uh, Will Smith probably cost a lot <laughs> for an audition, especially. Uh, it, but uh, definitely check that out. Paley Fest New York, uh, Gotham's panel. It was really good. And I also just wanted to mention, uh, go, if you go to peopleschoice.com, uh, you can vote for a lot of Gotham actors, actresses, uh, the show itself, and everything in the People's Choice Awards, which uh, used to that? be a big deal. I don't know if it still is, but, you know, we should vote for our home team and whatnot, Didn't I guess. Do we just have those? Maybe. We may have. I don't know. I don't follow awards, ever. See, I always like the People's Choice Awards because it's the ones that are actually chosen by fans, not mm-hmm. like an academy. So, to me, it's like what the masses Well, that and the Teen Choice so that's why I <laughs> That's why I've always loved the People's Choice Awards, um, mm-hmm. opposed to, say, something like the SAG Awards, where it's like... It's it's chosen by an academy, and there's nothing wrong with the academy. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. um, but I, I like those kind of award shows. I think that Lord of the Rings probably would have won more Academy Awards if for fellowship in Two Towers. Mm-hmm. Right. Nice. Okay, and uh, let's see here. We're going to close up with a couple of voicemails real quick. Uh, we didn't use too many because we had to record two podcasts tonight. And my voice is all... Uh, it's dying, basically. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we always encourage you, after after you go watch Spirit of the Goat, we need you to stand up from, from your couch. Uh, we need you to turn 90 degrees towards your hallway. And then we need you to run as fast as you can down that <laughs> hallway until you find a computer. 
And now if you have to run through a wall, if you have to run through several walls, several houses, totally fine. Find a computer, email us, legendsofgotham at gmail.com. The Twitter is at Legends of Gotham. The Facebook is facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number, which we almost always play, is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And we have a couple here. Uh, first, we'll start off with uh, Bobby Hawk. Take it away, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bill and Marie. It's Bobby. Hi, Hope. I thought this week's episode of Gotham was the best episode yet, by far. Uh, Fish Mooney's even starting to grow on me a little bit. It was cool to see little Bruce start to become the detective we all know he will be, finding out just how corrupt Gotham can be. It seems as though Wayne Enterprises might have had something to do with the Wayne's death, which I find rather interesting. But it was also cool to see Alfred start to join in on the investigation. But that's not what really made this episode for me. What made this episode for me is it was the first time I felt that it was like a comic book story and a comic book villain. Or I would like to mention that Bobby Hawk is in our chat room tonight over on Google Plus, and he gave the episode uh, 224 empty jugs of milk based on the arbitrary scale. What felt like a comic book story, comic book villain inside this procedural world. I didn't quite catch on at first, but finding out that Viper it was the predecessor to Venom, uh, and what would you know Venom making Bane in the future, uh, I thought it was a great way to meld that into this series. As for Cobblepot, I felt he, for being as uh, sly and cunning as he has been, I thought that what he did today was pretty, or did in this episode was pretty stupid. Uh, just coming totally clean with Maroney like that, he's lucky he didn't just get whacked right then and there. Uh, obviously. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I think I I don't know if that was necessarily the penguin being stupid. I think that was like if if he wanted to progress in the game of life, mm-hmm. uh he needed to get two kids in the back seat of the car kind of thing. We knew he wouldn't, but still, I just thought it was pretty stupid. And now it would seem as if Gordon or Maroney has Gordon in his back pocket for the time being. Right. This show hasn't necessarily been my favorite that I'm watching this season. But it's coming together nicely, and after this episode, I'm definitely looking forward to things to come. Can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Thank you very much, Thank Bobby. You, Bobby. We very much appreciate it. And we'll wrap up uh, with a uh, voicemail from Rebecca. Take it away, Rebecca. Hey, this is Rebecca Johnson calling about the Gotham episode titled Viper. I have three comments and one question. Number one... Hope knows Rebecca, by the way. I love understand. you, Rebecca. I miss you. Feel better. We're rooting for you. Please. She might be watching. I thought she might I, be. I saw yeah. her earlier. But I hear. I don't you. have the event for Legends of Gotham. Called Viper. I have three comments and one question. Number one, I didn't care much about the Viper drug until my ears perked up at the name Venom. That made the whole episode make sense to me as to why the drug was green and could make people stronger. And because Venom is most famously tied to Bane, I thought it was very clever that they introduced the concept of him without showing him directly. Number two, I really enjoyed young Bruce Wayne in this episode. He's continuing to use his growing Batman-esque detective skills at home while also indulging in his future business side by attending the charity luncheon to learn about Wayne Enterprises. Number three, thought it was a nice touch that Bruce was watching a classic film involving sword fight, a sword fight on his TV while he studied the, fa- the files. It was very quick, but I enjoyed that little little touch. Here's my question. Any thoughts on why the local news is called WEBG? 
In Batman Forever, the Gotham TV news was GNN, and in The Dark Knight, the TV news was GCN. I can't find any references to WEBG, and I was wondering if it had any significance. It's a small thing, but it's been bugging me for a few episodes now. Anyway, enjoy the episode, and look forward to listening to the podcast. Hey. Uh, thank you very much, Rebecca. Hey, thank you. W-E-G-B, was it? Wayne Enterprises Bruce Group. Uh, Good. Gotham. Eggs get bad. We get we eggs get bad. Wayne Enterprises TV? Gotham broadcast. Wayne Enterprise Gotham bo- broadcast. Yeah, no idea. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought mine but was I do good. have a mm. question for you guys. Uh-oh. Okay. Do you think the reason they introduced because to me, like you know, they have all these villains and stuff like that, but as the first like big comic booky kind of new plot direction that they're going. Do you think that they went with Venom that's so much tied into Bane because that was the last major villain in the last Batman movie? Or do you think they're just doing it because they think that this is a fun plot and this is a direction they want to go? And Because like, being the last Batman movie, it's the most fresh in everybody's minds. Uh, did you have any thoughts? No. Okay. I, no, I, th- <laughs> I, think, I think that it's a combination of things. One, I think... I like I said the warehouse thirty nine. I think that is the main plot they wanted to open up with this, mm-hmm. and I think I think they are also fighting an uphill battle with a lot of Batman fans because they don't want to like the show because Batman's Isn't not there. in it. Uh, so I th- I think this was probably also sort of an offering to hardcore Batman fans who. For the most part, all love Bane, not me. Uh, but uh, for the most <laughs> part, uh, like ninety percent of Batman fans, Bane's their favorite villain. He's probably one of my least favorite villains ever. We'll save that rant for another day. Uh, but <laughs> which, so I think it was more of more of like an offering to them, like, hey, you, we're we're you guys, and we're trying to do this good show, so you should come over and watch it. Hey, Bane might show up, you know. Mm. So that that's my thinking on it. Uh, but mm. you, what do you people out there think? Uh, you can write us Legends of God. Gotham at gmail.com. You can tweet us at Legends of Gotham. You can put yourself in mortal danger to contact us on Facebook at <laughs> Facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. And you can leave us a voicemail number, which we almost voice always ma- play. You can leave us a voicemail number. How about you, a voicemail at our number? Leave us a voicemail number at our voicemail number, 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. I know, Hope, where can people find you online? Um, I have a podcast of my own. It's called Hope of All Trades. Um, I'm part of Two True Freaks Network. We run about 20 regular shows from Walking Dead Wednesdays to Star Wars Monthly Mondays. And mine's a Jack of All Trades show. I talk about whatever I feel like, because I can. Um, I also just launched my website, geekygirlexperience.com. It has three whole blogs on it, because I just launched it. Yay! Um, and then I'm on Twitter at Hope Molinax. Excellent. And Anne-Marie, where can people find you online? You can find me on the Twitters at AMDSimone or for my blog at CCHCblog on Twitter and CrunchyCrafty.com. It's a really awesome blog. You guys should go read it. I try. Go read it now. Uh, and as that. for me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Apple Meeks. Uh, you can follow my Google Plus page, which is where <laughs> we do the announcements for these uh, broadcasts at google.com slash pluspillmeeks. And I guess I'll uh, pimp my uh, pimp my books, uh, dogboyadventures.com. I'll learn about uh, Bronson Black, Colta City's 14-year-old superhero. And as always, you can uh, get show notes, more episodes of the sh- uh, this show, pictures of the host – or up there at legendsofgotham.com. Uh, There's well, very I, fine, beautiful hosts. 
Hey, we, we try. I'm fine. She's beautiful. It yeah. works out. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, so let's see here. I I, I think that's about it. Uh, very yeah. good. I'm very excited for next next week's episode. Sounds like or looks like a thriller of sorts. Thriller. So I I guess and in, I guess uh, so, go have yes. some fun and uh, come back next week have for a more happy, jolly week. Legends, Legends of God. Of God. Do we have a thing? Yay. We don't have a thing Yay. yet. Yeah, it, but the music we playing over here. Okay, we're off.